0: Welcome to the Vandenak Weaver-Trolsen Legal Visionaries podcast, brought to you by Interactive Legal. Here's your host, Mary Vandenack.
1: Welcome to today's episode of Vandenak weaver Trollson Legal Visionaries, a weekly podcast discussing updated legal news, as well as evolving methods of providing legal service. I'm Mary Vandenack, founder and CEO at Vandenack Weaver-Trolsen. I will be your host as we talk to experts from around the country about legal and tax issues, trusts and estates, business succession and exit planning, legal technology, law practice management and leadership, and well-being. First, I want to thank our sponsors, Interactive Legal, Veterans Victory Housing and Small Business Centers, Foster Group, and Carson Private Client. Here's a message from
2: Interactive Legal. Technology has become an essential part of our daily lives. However, not all fields have embraced technology. Lawyers, especially estate planning attorneys, need to stay up to date with specific laws and any issues affecting taxes and wealth preservation. Implementing an automated drafting system can help lawyers spend more time with their clients and less time doing back office tasks. Estate planners and law professionals turn to Interactive Legal as their main resource for the latest planning strategies. Interactive Legal provides the most comprehensive productivity system on the market, with an easy-to-use document drafting system, extensive continuing education, thought-provoking discussion forums, and more. With Interactive Legal, attorneys get to spend more time with their clients. It's time to connect, collaborate, and create. To learn more about Interactive Legal, visit InteractiveLegal.com.
0: Wealth planning focuses on liquidity management and charges you a fee based on a percentage of your assets. But entrepreneurs typically invest in their business, resulting in light liquidity. That requires a unique strategy. At Carson Private Client, we provide a proactive and holistic strategy for building and protecting your wealth. Our mission is to alleviate the stresses and the burdens of coordinating all of those financial strategies. Carson Private Client will work with your current team of advisors to customize a strategy that manages all aspects of your life and wealth, giving you back the time to focus on what matters most. Complex needs require sophisticated solutions reach out to our office at 402-779-8989 to schedule your consultation. Investment advisory services offered through CWM LLC an SEC-registered investment advisor. On today's episode, my
1: guest is Chris Operle. Chris is currently the director of the Nebraska Lawyers Assistance Program. In that role, Chris coordinates outreach, education, and services to Nebraska lawyers, judges, and law students, who may be affected by stress, burnout, cognitive, mental health, or substance abuse disorders. Chris joined me on a previous episode, and we talked about an essential life skill: asking for help. I asked Chris to join me again today to discuss boundaries. Thanks for joining me again today, Chris.
3: Yeah, thanks for having me back, and and um, love to talk about this topic. When I wrote that article, I I think I got more feedback, you know, emails from from lawyers that had read it than probably almost any other article I've written uh, in the magazine. So I think it really struck home with them of something uh, that they needed to kind of work on or or maybe do better at.
1: I think it's a really important. That's a really interesting factor about that. Particularly our last topic was asking for help. Even responding to the topic of boundaries says at least they're paying attention and thinking about it. I think, as I said in our previous episode, I really love the wellness briefs you've been writing. And so that one on boundaries, can we start with that and share
3: what you mean by a boundary and why setting them is so important? Absolutely. And again, boundaries are in all aspects of our life, so they could be, you know, personal or professional. Um, They give us a sense of control and what I call self-determined stopping points in a relationship. So they, they kind of help define limits within a relationship. We all have a a finite amount of time and energy and compassion and and things in our lives. And so uh, setting boundaries helps us acknowledge we have limits. Uh, There's only so much you can do. And and when you talk about legal professionals, uh, they have, you know, obviously professional lives that can be very demanding. They may have families, you know, maybe a spouse and a parent. They may be the adult child of aging parents. Ah, uh, they may have community obligations as lawyers. Often, we're asked to serve on different boards and and uh, nonprofits and that sort of thing. And so, it acknowledges we do have some limits on how far we can go with our, our time, energy, and compassion. Um, boundaries allow us to be the best lawyers, parents, spouses, friends that we can be, and to really focus on the things that um, we value most in our lives and and put most of our energy uh, towards those things. Uh, I think healthy boundaries. Strengthen relationships i mean some people see them as a limit in a relationship but honestly i think it's the opposite um having a healthy boundary relationship may actually preserve and save a relationship and have a very positive relationship as opposed to always feeling like i'm in a relationship with somebody who's always crossing my boundary and therefore you know it's an uncomfortable relationship to be in uh, that again that could be professional or personal um uh, healthy boundaries kind of set a breaking point in a relationship uh, they need to be, you know, communicated uh, respectfully. So boundaries shouldn't be thrown in the face of the person, you know, that we're, we feel like if have crossed a line, uh, but they need to, they also need to be consistently enforced. We also, uh, they're, they're trade-offs. So when we set a boundary, at times, you know, that may end a relationship as well. You know, if somebody wants to keep crossing that boundary, we may decide, I I'm no longer going to be in that particular friendship or, or whatever that situation may be. And so uh, we have to be willing to dissect those trade-offs, but, it, but if our, 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 boundaries are based on our values, then that should be okay with us.
1: And I agree but it. could be a, a tough road. And, you know, one of the things that my partner, Mike Weaver and I talk about is that these are kind of our boundaries and who we are and what fits with that. And in our previous episode, we talked a little about accountability and that's one of ours. And it's, interesting when you actually hold people accountable. Those who don't want to be accountable will leave, and those who are willing to be accountable will stay, and you just have to be consistent in setting that boundary that in this law firm, you know, we hold people accountable for what they say they're going to do, for example. I just, you reminded me of a once, you know, my own journey in this regard, and I think I've shared that i am pre- generally been a pretty happy lawyer, but I've definitely had what I think happens to a lot of lawyers is the too much on my plate? And I remember giving a a keynote presentation to a group of graduates and I made a comment like, well, you know, I love doing so many things, so I just need a bigger plate. And a few years later, I looked back and said, oh, I really want to go back and undo what I said. And the director of that program gave me the opportunity because I said, you know, we only have a plate of a certain size. We only have so much energy. It's different for each of us. And if we overfill that plate, then everything's gonna tumble off. So we have to like learn to say no. And we did a podcast with Sasha Shilcutt who does a lot with, she has a Brave Enough and she talks a lot to the medical professionals about setting those boundaries. And that's one of the things she talks about. It's real easy as a lawyer or as a medical professional to take on, I'm gonna you know, do this particular nonprofit, I'm gonna serve on this board, I'm gonna... Anyway, so that that, that setting of the boundaries is just so important. The legal profession—it can be difficult because the demands. What is? What are some of the things about the legal profession that can
3: make it difficult for us to set good boundaries? Absolutely. Uh, the first is, you know, connectivity. I mean, well, when you and I both started the profession, cell phones were were around, but not. You know, it wasn't expected to have that twenty four seven connection. Now, I think everybody expects to. We get our email on them. We we can connect into our work often uh, through uh, VPN or something through our 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 phone or laptop at home. And so we feel like we need to be connected 24-7. And I think that becomes a real challenge. Uh, As you mentioned before, the nature of our profession and the role we play, we solve problems for our clients. Sometimes those are really significant problems. Those are a a significant injury, somebody's freedom, uh, a a breakup of a marriage, uh, things that are very emotional uh, to our clients, obviously very important to our clients. And so it becomes easy to get emotionally invested in what's going on. It's also easy to get our pride involved as well in, in what's going on. Um, and then our clients, because they're dealing with those difficult situations, will often infringe upon our boundaries because of the emotions involved. And so you got a client calling you at nine o'clock at night because he just dropped the kids off at his soon-to-be ex-wife's house and her boyfriend was over or something and he's just spun out about it and needs... You'd engage immediately and and your advice back to him is she has a right to date whoever she you know short of that person being a danger of the kids or something like that, which normally it isn't um you know there's nothing you can do for that client in that moment, uh but that client to them it's the most important thing in the world and so i th- I think those are the things that um probably interfere the most i I'll give you a great example i, I lawyers that come from smaller communities really struggle with this because they see. Their clients, and opposing counsel, and 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 the client on the other side, uh, frequently they see them at the grocery store. They see them at the cafe. They, you know, because they're in a small town, and so um, I think that part of it makes it really difficult for them as well. I, I've talked to lawyers that said I'm having a nice dinner with my wife, and I got a client who walks up and wants to talk about their case, and it's something that's not an emergency, but that client's infringing upon that lawyer's personal time with his wife of you know nicely maybe it was their anniversary and so uh, I think it becomes really easy for that to happen Um, the same with judges Uh, I I think it can become a really difficult situation seeing people in the community um, on a regular basis uh, in those smaller communities so that's a unique thing when we talked about lawyers going to a rural practice needing to kind of be able to be really good at setting boundaries and figuring out how they're going to have those boundaries respected
1: when I think the cell phone example that you gave and you know I deal a lot with death and dying or business issues and one of the exa- you know, examples of one of the most difficult times for me career wise was actually the pandemic because if you think about it do business and I do trust in estate stuff. So everybody who had ever talked to me about an estate plan suddenly urgently wanted their estate plan done and they wanted to understand every detail of it and every business was going through shutdowns and then the different credits so it was like 24-7. And for me, I had to really work on saying, okay, because for a while we were working 24 seven trying to accommodate it, but it continued on. We're like, okay, we gotta have breathing space and set those boundaries. And so do the auto, but one of the things we found like with this phones is now that you have basically some services that can answer and screen calls using artificial intelligence that we're implementing to help is one of our ways of saying we're here, but we are actually gonna have our phones off and if it's a true emergency, it'll get sent through to somebody. But
3: Absolutely. I think... And I, 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 to follow up on that, I worked for a, uh, when I worked for that that large, it was a Fortune 500 food company. And we had facilities over the United States and actually in some other jurisdictions as well. And, and we all had cell phones. And so we're all in different time zones. And so yeah. you had to really communicate with the people you're supporting so they recognize, like, if you're calling me at ten o'clock at night because it's only six o'clock where you're at, um that's fine if it's an emergency. That's why I have a cell phone to be able to support you in that. But if it's just a routine follow- up on a matter, that could have been done by an email. And so what I did was communicate to my clients kind of internally. Here's the way i'd, I'd like you to communicate with me. And if it's emergency, here's how you need to get a hold of me, and I'm absolutely going to be there for you. You know, if, I did environmental law. And if EPA is knocking at the door of our production facility, like I expect to get a phone call. I don't care if it's three in the morning. I'm going to help talk you through that situation. Uh, If it's a routine follow-up on a project you gave me that's due next week, but you're going on vacation, so you run to call and just want to make sure it's done. Like that doesn't need to happen at 10 o'clock at night. And so communicating those boundaries up front is is really important. And then I've known law firms who have set policies now where on weekends from whatever, six o'clock Friday night till you know, 7 a.m. Monday morning, they don't send any non-essential email. So a partner who's just sitting around on Sunday afternoon thinking about a case and firing emails off to the associates who then think that they need to immediately read and address those when it wasn't anything that needed, couldn't have been done on Monday, Like they've set some, some policies around that I think that have really helped everybody within the organization kind of set some healthy boundaries on, on how to communicate with that connectivity.
1: And the great part of technology is that like we've got it set so that all of the emails I draft on the weekend, because I admit to liking to work on the weekends because I can do it uninterrupted, but they don't get sent till Monday morning at 830. Great. Yeah, so that they're not landing in people's inboxes so you can kind of help people with their boundaries. So if if they actually get one from me, it's because I really did need something. We are going to take a brief break from our episode for a word from one of our sponsors.
0: Financial advice is useless without empathy. At Foster Group, we want to hear your story, your goals, your worries about the future. Only then can we help you feel confident about all aspects of your financial life. Come experience how it feels to be truly cared for at Foster Group. Connect with us at fostergrp.com. Foster Group's written disclosure brochure, as set forth in Part 2A of Form ADV, discusses advisory services and fees, is available at www.fostergrp.com.
1: Okay, let's continue our episode.
0: So what are some of the
3: consequences of not setting healthy boundaries? Uh... Failing to focus on things that we value the most. So if we, as you talked about, trying to get the bigger plate that doesn't exist, and so then we're not giving enough time maybe to our family. You know, as we're spending time with our kids, we're answering emails or whatever, and we're half connected with that. Uh, so it certainly can affect our, our our relationships. It can affect our work if it goes the other direction, and and we we don't have enough time to get our work done because we've again overfilled our plate. Uh, it can reduce productivity. Absolutely, we're running, we're putting out fires all day. Uh, because we haven't set those boundaries. Um, it can lead to burnout, certainly damage relationships, and then even have negative impacts on our mental health. Uh, somebody who's constantly feeling like those boundaries are being invaded, I mean it, it can start to really deteriorate on our on our, our mental well being. And so we need to be careful with that. And that's that's why I think it's it's really important lawyers uh, in particular think about that. And where we're so help reluctant, like we talked about in the last podcast, it's even more important that we do things to safeguard our mental health because um we're not very likely to ask for help when we need it, so let's do some proactive things to protect ourselves.
1: Yeah, prevention. Absolutely. So what are some simple things we can do to have better boundaries?
3: So uh, in my article, I I, I referenced uh, a psychiatrist, Abigail Brenner, who wrote extensively on this and, and gave some really great suggestions, and I, I kind of reworked those a little bit for my article, but, but wanted to give credit to her because a lot of it came out of her initial work. Uh, I would say... Start with self-reflection. What's important to you? As I mentioned, we set our boundaries based on our values so that self-reflection helps us establish uh, appropriate boundaries for ourselves. Uh, What are our beliefs, emotions, feelings, ideas? What's important to us? Secondly, we have to respect ourselves. So if we don't respect ourselves, other people aren't going to respect our boundaries. And so if we have that healthy respect for ourselves, uh, others should treat us also with respect. And then uh, take responsibility. Uh, Often people have their boundaries violated and, and they feel like it, it's, you know, why is this happening? Why is this happening? Well, it's happening because you haven't set a boundary with that person. And so you're letting them continually infringe upon, you know, you haven't communicated that boundary to them. And so I think that that part of it takes some tact and 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 the better you do that earlier in a relationship, the better off you are. It's hard in the middle of, like let's say, a professional relationship with you and your boss. You've worked with him for two years, and then suddenly you come in and try to establish all these boundaries that you haven't had from the beginning. That's difficult to do, to change course in that. It's better off from the beginning to figure out where those boundaries need to exist. And boundaries aren't absolute. We can't just go into work and say, well... I don't want you to talk to me after five o'clock. I just want to be focused on my family after like, like that may not be an option in the job that you have. And so we obviously have to be kind of flexible in those boundaries, but wherever we draw them, they need again be based on our values and be willing to accept that. And then uh, separate ourselves from others, understand that our thoughts, feelings and and beliefs of others should not set our boundaries. Our boundaries should be based on our own personal values. Uh, And there's people at times will try to talk us out of those boundaries uh, or, or, you know, give justifications to continuously infringe upon them.
1: So I really like those thoughts a lot. And see so one of the things that I was taught early on, so one of the ways that I take care of myself is I work out every single day. And somebody told me very early in my career to never compromise a workout for work. So for me, that was one of the ways that I was like, I'm going to work out every single day and to calendar that. Like before I calendared any meetings before, and I might put it in my calendar as something like corpus delicti or something like that, that, you know, is my little personal indication that you're going to go take care of yourself. And I block it out in a way that I'm always going to keep that appointment. And it's changed over time, but I would say that through my entire career, that's something I've never compromised. And so if something's really important to me and taking care of myself when I'm doing my calendar... I put it in the calendar, and if I don't want anybody to know what it is, I use you know, some Latin phrase or something like that. And or you can, you know, have personal blocks on your calendars these days. But I just make sure they're in my calendar and take care of it.
3: Yeah, so, and, and fall I, I did a similar thing in, when I worked for that company. Again, we're on the different time zones. Uh, if I didn't block out from twelve to twelve thirty each day for lunch, people in California or New York or wherever would would always book over those because it's not their lunch time. Right. And they don't they're not really thinking about your time zone when they're they just on our calendaring system. They could just see that you were open at that time. And so they would always book over. So I just had a running from 12 to 1230 lunch and I was willing to move that if I needed to. But at least it, it, it showed up as blocked out time when they were scheduling meetings. And, and it really gave me that opportunity to get up away from my desk you know, get somewhere else, get a little bit of food, take take that 30-minute break from work, and I would come back and be much more productive. Uh, if I didn't set that boundary, and that was, and again, communicate or electronics and things can help us set those boundaries at times just by the way we, we calendar things.
1: Well, I see, because I use Microsoft 365, and what I can do is if I actually have a meeting, I can also block out 15 minutes before and after it as well so that somebody doesn't block me back, you know, trying to put something in back-to-back. So, we were talking about that a little bit about how we put them into, put our boundaries into action, but you have more thoughts on that. How do we apply those boundaries in daily relationships?
3: Certainly. I mean, the, the first is uh, once we establish those boundaries, be consistent with them and, and really avoid people uh, who are going to kind of have their own agenda or continuously infringe upon your boundaries. And, and it if it happens over and over and you try to continuously communicate respectfully what those boundaries are and that person continues to do that, then that may be somebody you need to avoid if it's, you know, frankly, if it's a boss at work and it keeps happening, you might need to look for different employment or look to go work within a different maybe group within that law firm or something of that nature. If it's somebody in your personal life, again, it may be that friend uh, who is constantly texting you at two in the morning because they're going through a breakup or something. and may, At some point, you need to just like block their texts if it keeps infringing upon it and they don't respect that boundary. Uh, don't try to fix people. That in, and That really invites unhealthy relationships so we can invite people to come across our boundaries simply by taking the role of fixer in their lives and so we need to be careful with that it's the person who constantly loans money to someone and then complains because they never get paid back well you keep loaning them the money you know stop doing that if if it bothers you that much uh as opposed to doing it and then complaining about it and then last be in charge of your choices um you have the right to you know change your mind at any time you don't need to feel that anyone, you know, you, you owe them or they owe you. Uh, I, I I think um, our values sometimes will change over time depending upon our life situation. So you talked about, like, you know, having children and how that can sometimes change our values. Now, now our children are part of that value system, and we want to spend a certain amount of time with our family that maybe when we were younger and single, we were willing to spend additional time at work because... That's what we valued at that moment is getting started in our career and getting that experience. And so uh, I think we need to be kind of flexible, but at the same time, consistent, um, you know, based on our life circumstances.
1: So I find one was just kind of interesting that not trying to fix people, it's a little bit of a variation, again, that I had to work through on my own was that I want to see in somebody who has a firm, everybody that we have there, I want them to succeed. And so at one point, when I talked about the, well, I need a bigger plate, because if somebody was under-functioning, I would try and like do everything to get them, because I want you to succeed, so I want you to succeed, and would like kind of step in and do, and that's a little bit of the enabling behavior almost, really, and that's in working with some coaching. It's like, okay, you have to stop over-functioning for people, which is really a boundary. It's like, okay, this is what I can help you with. I'm a good mentor, I'm good at supporting, and this is the part I will do, but these are the steps you're going to have to take. And just like with the accountability thing, those who really don't want to function for themselves will end up leaving. And those who are willing, a lot of times, you're you're trying to offer them a path to step up, but you're not going to do it for them. And I think sometimes if we're really trying to help others succeed, that's also another area where it kind of fits into the fixing people type category as
3: an example. Absolutely, yes.
1: Well, So any last thoughts on boundaries, Chris?
3: Um, If this is an area in your life you want to improve, I would say start with identifying, you know, one particular boundary you want to work on. You know, that most, probably the most difficult one you have in your life, whether that's personal, professional life. Uh, Work on that particular one. Use the tips we talked about today. There's a lot of, you know, again, uh, I I referenced uh, Abigail Brenner's uh, work out there and there's a couple of articles she's written. If you looked her up uh, that to give you layout in in a little bit more detail what we talked about today, Uh, that can be very helpful. At times, seeking out professional help. I mean, there are people, again, going back to a, a therapist, uh who can help you really work on boundaries. You know, family's the hardest one to set boundaries with because we don't get a pick who our family is. That's that's just we're born into that. And so those are the ones at times where it's it's really important if you're still struggling with it to to talk to a therapist and get that professional help on maybe how to establish or, or you know enforce those boundaries in your lives. Uh lastly I would say this is a two way street and if you want people to respect your boundaries, you have you have to also respect theirs. And so uh, it's great that you set and establish those, but listen to what that other person's boundaries are and their values may be different than yours. And so you have to be cognizant of that and knowing that this particular boundary is important to this person. That's, that's why I need to rebuild or respect that if they're going to respect mine.
1: And in building that kind of mutual respect, I think the communication, which is a whole nother topic we'll have to talk about sometime is so important because if you're not really communicating clearly what your boundary is, and somebody crosses it or vice versa, then you're failing because you're not communicating. So you set the boundary and you have to communicate it as you go. Well, as we reach the end of today's episode, I appreciate you being here again today, Chris. I also want to thank our sponsors, Interactive Legal, Veterans Victory, Foster Group, and Carson Private Client. That's all for now. Thanks for listening to today's episode and stay tuned for our weekly releases.
0: Vandenak weaver Trulson Legal Visionaries is made available by the firm and its attorneys for educational purposes and to provide general information. Not to provide specific legal advice. Use of the Vandenack Weaver Trulson Legal Visionaries podcast does not create an attorney client relationship between you and the firm or any of its attorneys. The Vandenack Weaver Trulson Legal Visionaries podcast should not be used as a substitute for competent legal advice, and you should contact an attorney in your state about any legal needs or questions you may have.
2: Mahura Media Production.